Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 53rd edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. Very lucky to be joined this evening by Mark Clyde, a defender who played for the club from 2001 to 2007 with League and Cup games, made over 50 appearances for the club and three full Northern Ireland caps. Mark, how are you? Uh, Not too bad, Jason, yourself? I'm not too bad at all, Mark. But I mean, we got we had you on a few months back, and you did your um, your best eleven. So I did promise to get you back on for your full story. Now, um, obviously, growing up in Northern Ireland, this was a question asked Robbie Dennison. Although it's completely different eras, growing up in Northern Ireland, did you did you see any troubles or come across any troubles, Mark? Uh, you know, you're, you're you're aware of everything going on and. Um, you know, is you know, it's, I think it's mainly the more bigger cities in terms of what you actually, you know, what people actually would come across and see. You know, but for us as for us as small small kids growing up, you know, the only the only real instance we had really with well, there's probably two incidents with, with obviously the, the one time lying in bed at night and you just uh, everybody in the house was woke to a almighty bang. Um, you know, and obviously everybody kind of. All the Austrian kids ran into to the kitchen where my mum and dad were and just asked them, well, you know, what was that going on like? And they just told us to go back to bed. It was a, it was probably a bomb. So, yeah. you know, you, you just go back to bed and kind of the next morning when you, when you get up and you go down the street, you see the, you know, a, a couple of shops left and, and, and ruins basically. So, right. you know, that's that was the one incident. And the other incidents, obviously, we we grew up in a, you know, obviously a. Not a, not a town that was really renowned for any kind of trouble, but um, you know we grew we grew up in a wee in a wee small town in the middle of nowhere, really. Um, you know, and the one day running through the alleyway, we we ran into uh, myself and my three brothers. We we, we ran straight into uh, uh, two guys in balaclavas we we gone. So um, you know you kind of you kind of just freeze and think to yourself, what's going on here? But you know they just uh, they just told us to go on our way. And that was that was the way behind of it, you know. So wow. that was only real two incidents you see firsthand, um, you know, as a kid growing up. But you know, really for us, where we grew up, it was you were very you were very shadowed from everything. Um, you know, obviously Robbie himself was was from more of a of one of the big areas, really so he probably would have seen yeah. uh, slightly more, you know. But yeah. um, and obviously. The, Robbie's era growing up would have been would have, would have been at the height of the troubles, whereas whereas yes. myself we were we were more towards the the latter part of it. Whenever they were they were obviously talking about ceasefires and things, you know. So for us growing up, no, it was it was um it was what he called it was it was one of those things everybody saw a little bit, but you know, as terms as far as we're concerned, we were quite sheltered from it, really. Oh well, that, that's that's good, Mark. So now, obviously, like I said, it was different eras for Robbie. Now, obviously, growing up in Northern Ireland, how did your youth football all begin and how was you actually spotted by Wolves because I know they've got a good scouting network in Ireland 
Yeah, I guess they always have a have a group, you know, scouting network rules. Obviously, at the time, I didn't really know that much about it, but um, you know, even even till now, I think they've they've, they've still got a fairly a fairly good um, scouting system over here, really. Um, but no, I was I was just paying for my local clubs. Um, you know, we we were a bit different over here than England. We had a we had two seasons that ran back to back, so we had a winter season and a and a and a summer season really right. over here so you're able to play for two different teams so you could play all year round so um, you know I was actually playing centre forward for one team and playing centre half for another so it was um, you know it was a it was in uh, the World Cup, I think, whenever it was Chris Evans himself, who at the time was the academy director. Yes. Um, I approached myself and my father after a, a game and asked, uh, would we be interested in having a, uh, a conversation and sitting down and talking about things and stuff? So, you know, I was duty playing two weeks later in the Mill Cup. Um, so obviously we, we agreed to, to have a chat after the, the Mill Cup was over and then you know, a long story short, really, we had a we had a couple of hours where we, we sat down and talked things through and um, you know, we had other clubs interested but we just decided that Mill Rose was the was the club that we wanted to go. Um, you know, and that was that was more what you know, the that way Chris Evans, you know, sold the club at the time and yeah. uh, sold the opportunities that, that Wolves had always given to their to their youth coming through. So you know, we seen it as a a great club that where where we can actually have opportunities to progress and not not become stale and just go over there and play an odd game here and there. We were, myself, I wanted to go and play football, so um, you know that was that was why we chose Wolves. You know, uh, and what other clubs were interested, Mark? At the time, I was obviously there was <clears throat> there was a couple of clubs. Obviously, Chelsea was interested, Southampton. Um, the two big clubs and 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 obviously Scotland Rangers and Celtic and then okay. um, who else was involved? Crew were hovering around and um, you know but apart from apart from Wolves, really Chelsea was the was obviously the one yes. of the biggest ones that were hovering around at the, at the time. You know, but you, you you saw that that there was a chance of progression at Wolves. Yeah, that was that's what it was. It was you know Chris sold it sold the club to us really. And said that you know we could go somewhere else and we could we could get this and get that, but you know the Wolves were the club that you know that had the had the background of, of putting putting youngsters through into the team, yes. and he, he was Chris had told us basically what what his goal was in terms of trying to push as many of the of the, the young young lads through, and obviously they had a they had a huge intake of that the year that I was obviously signed was that a huge intake of, of Irish from both Northern Ireland and from the South as well. So, you know, you you weren't going there by yourself. You know, you were going with with a, a few people that obviously you knew straight away you could get, get along with. So it would make that that transition a wee bit easier as well. So, well, uh, but no, it was it was mainly down to the way Chris sold sold the club itself. To be honest, and and how old was you when you actually come across Mark? And and for a young man coming obviously from from Northern Ireland, and you know you got your family around you, to all of a sudden. Being in a, a big city, um, or yeah, would yeah, it would have been a city at the time? You, you, you come into a big city. What what's it like to you know? Was it easy to adjust, um, you know, and settle in? Yeah, it wasn't too bad actually. You know, for for me personally, you know, I was we grew up in in, in a small town, so so moving to Wolverhampton, it was. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that, that you know you you'd never never seen before, and you know obviously the, the place was massive. 
Um, you know, yeah. we know obviously growing up in, in the middle of nowhere and class more as, as farmers than anything. And you know, you you go to a, a big city like that, and you know, it's just a it's just a vast a vast scale up from what we were ever used to. Yes. Um, you know, so even going a, going a, going to Belfast for us was like a was like a holiday. Never mind going <laughs> to, over to, to England. Like so, it was um, you know, it was a, it was a lot of changes. But in fairness, you know, I had I had fantastic you know and, uh, fantastic. Uh, Dings people, you know, right. and credit to Wolves, they always a lot of the lads said the same. You know, we had we had fantastic people who who welcomed us into their own homes and, and treated us, you know, like their own their own kids. You know, and yeah. you know, obviously they were strict to whether they had to be, but no, they 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 made the transition, you know, a lot easier for us. Um, you know, I think some of the boys did find it difficult at that time. Yes. You know, but um, you know, I'm kind of. Kind of a laid back kind of a fella, and just to keep myself to myself and get on with stuff. So um, you know, it wasn't. I didn't find it that hard, really, to be honest. But um, I know some of the guys did struggle with it. But definitely, the you know the the Diggs people and all that we had at the time were fantastic and, and made it so much easier for us. Oh, that's good. And and, and at that time, um, Mark, who was in the Wolves youth team and and coming through and you know battling for uh, battling for a place in the first team. Yeah, well, whenever obviously whenever I came, obviously our age group was was obviously um, kind of like year almost below the uh, the year where they had the cre- all, all the cream of the crop. Really, you know, obviously Keith Andrews was pushing, Big Joe was pushing, Matty was pushing. Yes. Um, obviously Niels was a couple of years older, but Niels was obviously becoming a regular in the team at that stage now as well. And, um, you know, that's not forgetting the other guys, obviously, who went on to have decent careers and at other clubs as well. You know, obviously, um, who else was in there at the Actually, time? Just, um, what about Gordon Sims? Was he your era? Because Gordon, obviously, he, from Northern Ireland. Yeah, well, Big Simsy was a Big Simsy was obviously older again. Um, uh, Big Simsy and Gary Haverum were, were from Northern Ireland. They were they were obviously playing the reserves at the time, and then you had Seamus Crow and people like that from yes. down south were were pushing, and, and obviously you had uh, Colin Larkin who was pushing, and um, who else was there? Paddy and them boys were all all a few years older than couple of Clark twins were obviously there at the time as well yes, so yes, yeah. those guys were all really you know pushing for for um, you know the, the opportunities to get in the team obviously we had, we had Ryan Green who would have been a couple of years older again yes. um, Greeny was pushing hard and um, you know you just had you just had a, a lot of young boys who, who were really good players who were all getting opportunities and, and you know if, if they weren't breaking into that first team they were playing regularly in the, in the reserve team and it was it was it was good to see you know for young boys coming through you, you kind of you could see yourself being able to play there um, you know, so that was the that was a big driving factor for a lot of us younger ones. I think there was a purple patch at Wolves where, um, you know, there was so many young players who were given opportunities, and and before that, mid eighties, we 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 you know we'd had players who. Um, that that broke into the first team by default, really, because we couldn't afford to sign players. Then, I think the late yeah. the late eighties, Colin Taylor got a breakthrough, and then there seemed to be a period where we wasn't really producing young players. And then all of a sudden, like you said, there was this crop of Robbie Keane, Jolyon Lescott, yourself, yeah. Lee Naylor, uh, Matt Murray. Uh, you know, all these players were coming through and getting into the first team. Yeah, no, like I said, it was definitely a, a purple patch for, for the youth, um, 
you know, obviously the, the ones we've touched on there, but you know, we'd also had, had had guys go on and have have decent careers in other clubs that yes. didn't quite break into the team. You know, obviously young J, JJ and and Trude, Shane Tudor and Colin Larkin went on, and yeah, and you had Big Mark McChrystal who digged with me. He actually he went on to play a few games at at the lower leagues and then before he came back and played for Derry City and, and in the Irish League for years as well and obviously Shane Barrett and all them boys went on to play my good friend Wardy obviously he, he maintained and went on then to Kidderminster and, and Cheltenham and places like that so yeah. that's that's not even that's, that's only up to the earlier age group you know the, there was another patch of, of young boys even younger than us you know like Sammy Klein and and uh, those kind of eras, um, yeah. Scott Brown and people like that, Michael Townsend and Dangsy and them boys that always went on and had had really successful careers as well. Yeah. Um, Actually, Scott Brown so, still you know, playing, isn't he? It was, a, it was definitely a cream of a, a cream time for Wolves in the, in the youth system. Oh, 100%. Couldn't agree more, to be honest, Mark. And, and that was quite proud at the time, watching all these young players coming through and getting an opportunity. And... Deserving yeah, yeah. of an opportunity because you know if we look at the stats, um, you, you made your league debut, I believe, in the o two o three season, the season we got promoted by the playoffs. You made your league debut at Stoke away, and that season you made seventeen appearances. Um, so, so really, I want to talk about your debut. You know, how did you find out about it? Was you nervous? Did your family fly over? I was actually, to be honest with you, I was, I was actually. I'm sure you remember, Jace, because obviously you're, you're uh, sometimes know more about wolves than, than the boys that actually play themselves. But, <laughs> Probably, um, you know, you, you know, what he called. I was, I was actually on loan at Kidderminster at the time. Yes, that's um, right. I went yeah, on loan right. at Kidderminster at the time, you know, and I was advised not to. Uh, you know, obviously I was pushing, and people said, "No, don't go. It could could work against you." But I just wanted to play football, so yes. you know, I spoke to Dave Jones at the time and said, "Listen, I, I want to go and get some experience." Because Dave Jones was always one to say that you know, whenever you were close to getting there, he was saying, "But you need a wee bit of experience." So you know, yeah. you kind of had to you had to take that upon yourselves to say, "Right, I need to go get this." So. You know that doesn't become an excuse anymore. So, you know, we decided to go and uh, go and get a, a month or two out of on loan. I wasn't ever expecting to come back in, in the fashion that I did, but you know, I was there for a month and I had all all plans to go back to Kidderminster. But I went away with the on the twenty ones Northern Ireland, and it was actually whenever I was out there, I got a phone call to say that you were being called back. So, um, turn up to training. I think I came back on the Wednesday. I went to training on the Thursday. Nobody really said anything. It was only whenever I came back, I knew Big Butts was suspended. But, you know, as a young kid, you, you just expect other people to fill in um, and you maybe get an opportunity to sit on the bench or something. But, yeah. um, you know, obviously we got to the Friday and we started doing set pieces and, um, you know, there, everybody was being rotated. But usually, you know, you, you weren't involved that much with set pieces. But, you know, I was kind of being involved a wee bit more than what than what you normally would have been and um, you know obviously Dave Jones pulled me to, to the side after training and said uh, just make sure you're right tomorrow and I said yeah wow. no problem and I just presumed that I wasn't you know he was just making sure I was I was right to be you know involved um, but then it was the morning when, when obviously we, we obviously arrived that he, he pulled me and says listen you're going to be playing um, now everybody had been rumouring it but you know until until the gaffer comes to you and says no that's your 
that's your position you're playing you don't actually believe it but um, you know Dave pulled me in the, in the morning of the match and said listen I'm going to put you in just go and enjoy it he says no, don't do nothing silly so uh, <laughs> you know but the game itself was 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 brilliant, really. We we had we won two two nil in the end. I think it was. And, yes, yeah, two uh, I think it was on Sky as well. It was. Too, uh, I think it was on Sky at the time. So um, we won two nil. I think Cam's. I know Cam's got one of them. I'm not sure who got the other. But was it um, Nathan Blake? It could have been now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But yeah, we won two nil, and it was just it was a fantastic. Like you know, and uh, I remember. I remember the second goal. Uh, whenever we scored the second goal, there was it was uh, Joe, myself, and, and uh, Big Matty were standing around the halfway line celebrating. Um, wow. And uh, Big Matty, he just shouted "stuck," and everybody kind of three of us kind of ducked a wee bit because obviously the, the Stoke supporters had lost the bat a bit and they were they were launching chairs onto the pitch so we were <laughs> we were the, the closest ones to them so we were in the firing line, you know, but. Um, but you know it was a, it was it is what it is, you know. But no, it was a fantastic debut, and you know it set us off on a on a great wee run that, that led to us, you know, eventually getting getting the success that we'd narrowly missed out on the year before. So well, well that's um, it. I mean, I actually forgot that that point where you'd actually made your first team debut, well, your, your professional debut, I should say, at Kidderminster when you was on loan. Obviously, then you come back to Wolves, you get called in. Now that season. Mark ended in promotion the 0203, obviously the playoff final. Um, I mean, did you know? Obviously, you played seventeen games. Was there was there a chance near the time that, that there could be an opportunity for you to play, or you know, because it's a difficult one because um, you know we, we had a Paul Butler, Jolie, and Lescott, and, and and you know they were clearly first choice at the time on the basis that you were a very young player. Um, yeah. Was you close to, to being picked for for either the the player semi final or the final? No, I, I wasn't really because you know me, yes, I was injured. So um, <laughs> I didn't know yeah, that actually. I, 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 I picked up a I picked an up, up, up a knock um, and just didn't. Well, just wasn't fully fit. I wasn't far away, but right. I wasn't fully fit to be in contention. So that's why why I never featured at all. Like, but. Um, you know, I think, like you say, even if you had been fully fit, I think the gaffer and knowing Dave, he would have went with that that experience across the back. Um, you know, so he would have done so. But it would have been nice to be in, involved in the actual day itself after the season we had. You know, but yeah. it was still fantastic to be part of the club that you know got promotion after that that long time that where we, we yes. obviously we'd, we'd all been waiting and fighting to try and get it. Obviously, and uh, so Jack, it was his dream to get them to get them up there and you know for to finally actually do it was was phenomenal really right i mean look as wolves fans we've been waiting for 20 odd years to get back to the top flight and that that day was amazing what what one question i was going to ask ask actually mark is like i said you made 17 league appearances that year so you were a pivotal part of the campaign and you certainly played your part did you get a medal uh from from obviously the player final and the promotion no, that's what I'm. That's one of my bear, my bugbears to this day. That no, I never actually got a medal. No, uh, on the day there was there was obviously a, a lack of of medals on the day. But um, you know, it, we were. I was kind of expecting it to arrive at some point, but it never did. Oh, and, well, um, well, you know, it's just one of them things. 
And, uh, I mean, that is a shame. Because, like I said, look, if you played two or three games or three or four games, you can expect that, that, that maybe you might be down the pecking order. But to play 17 league games, almost half of the campaign, that, that must be, like you said, a bit of a bugbearer for you, Mark. Oh, it's a bugbear, yeah, but it's it's partly my own fault. I should have, you know, me being me, I just never, I'm not laying back, Jason. I just kind of go with the flow, you know. I should have made a point, and it's only now, whenever you are retired, where you think, oh, why didn't I just go and fucking push that, you know? But yeah, uh, it is what it is, you know. At the time, it was I was young, I was playing football, and that's really all that mattered to me at the of time. Course. But it's only now whenever you look back the sentimental things you just wish you would uh, you know I went to TC the, the gaffer and said listen go on see if you can get me that medal like you know what I mean but um, you know you learn you learn these things through time but sometimes it's too late by the time you learn anything you know so um, but it is what it is you know I, can, uh, I, I was there I played I had a part in my opinion I had a big party playing it and you know that'll you can never take that away which is the main thing really of course you can't and you did play a big part as I said playing nearly half the league league games and obviously your partner Jolien Lescott some of that campaign I mean how good did, you know how good was Jolien Lescott and could you because he was in your position could you foresee him to, to have the international career and the career that he went on to have well, definitely. Joe was a, I think it was, it was playing for everybody to see, even, you know, obviously role supporters that watched him week in, week out. You know, knew Joe was going to go on and have a, have a successful career. Um, I think he's went on and did, you know, surpassed anything that we, everybody really dreamed of doing. And, you know, he's, he's had a phenomenal career and go on to, to win, obviously, the Premiership as well and, and break into that England team. It's, you know, it's something that, you, you know, he probably only, only dreamt off as a, as a young boy so um, you know Joe, Joe was a fantastic player and, and you know earned earned the right to go and do what he did you know he didn't he wasn't a young boy that was paid a fortune at a very young age he, he worked hard you know he, he came at Wolves he worked his way through there and then he obviously got the move to Everton and you know, became one of Everton's best players every yes. single week, which which earned him that 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 you know obviously big move to City, which you know which got him the the, the obviously that winning medal in the Premiership and got him obviously into the, the England side as well. So it's wow. fully deserved, and yeah, definitely. Um, you could you, you knew Joe was going to go on uh, and do things. I'm just it's just a shame for the likes of Big Matty, who you know who became a good friend of mine as well. That didn't have. He didn't obviously get the luck with injuries as well because yes. Matty was another one that you could look at and thought he was going to go on and have a have a fantastic career in the game. But you know, such as it, these things happen, and you know, you just have to make the best of it. But um, but no, definitely Joe was a was a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic player. And and you know, if you look at that season, oh three oh four, the Premier League season, you played in nine games. Um, in fact. You probably remember, Mark, you got a four-year contract extension, so obviously the club did did think very highly of you. Some of the games you featured in, um, I reminded you before the interview, Liverpool away at Anfield, Chelsea at Molyneux, Man City away. Th these were big games, so they obviously trusted you, but you can only think of if Matt Murray had stayed fit, if Jolien Lescott had stayed fit, you know, we, we would have had a fighting chance, but what was it like to play in the Premier League in games like that, Mark? I well, it's, it's you know it's 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 hard sometimes to, to obviously explain it you know as a as a young boy growing up you always you looked at the, the top division and thought geez it must be brilliant to you know to do that and you always wanted to be able to go and do it but to actually physically go and do it it's you know and I say to obviously 
want local ones around here now that have moved back home, you know, they, they all ask the same question. And it's not really until until you step away from it, similar to the medal situation, it's not really until you step away that you, you actually sit back and, and think, you know, I'm quite quite a low-key guy. And, you know, my wife, she says, well, why don't you pick, you know, the, the photos and stuff up of whenever you played? And I don't, I don't on, do Mark. it, you know, I don't have them up in the house. Sorry, no, to, so, sorry um, to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. Are you telling no, okay. me that you have got no pictures of you playing for Wolves in your house? None whatsoever. No, the, the wife put. I tell you, a lie, the wife put put one up um, about probably twelve months ago. But um, that was the that was the only one. I never, never, and even to this day, I don't, I don't put well put them up. Do you know what? That that's 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 a shame, really, because I mean, I I played for ten minutes in Jody Craddock's testimonial, and half <laughs> of my house is decorated with that picture. Um, so you know, I, I don't. So I find it strange. Obviously, people are different. People are individual. So, I mean, yeah. it, does it sometimes bring back, um, because you did retire through injury early, does it bring yeah, back memories? Yeah, I think that is the main, the main reason. It's, a, it's almost, a, it's almost a, you know, rubbing salt into the wound kind of a yes. situation for me. And, you know, obviously I've been retired a long time now. And, you know, it did, did, uh, it did take me a while to get over it whenever I did retire. Um, you know, I went through a bad... A bad spell for 60, 68 months where everything kind of fell apart, Jason, to be honest, you know, but, right. um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like trying to get away from that. But also, you know, it's, you know, I have obviously good friends here and, you know, I don't walk into their house and they have their, uh, you know their their plumbing certificates up and stuff. You know, so um, you know, for me to put them up in my house and people to come in, you know, it's it's not something I, I like to brag about or, or put up there. I just, like I said before, I'm quite a quite a laid laid back kind of a guy, and I, you know, I like people around me who who like me for me, not for for maybe what I've maybe done and played in. You know, so and Mark, um, you know, that's that, that's a good point. And to be honest, mate, if you did have that medal, it would probably be just at the bottom of your sock drawer anyway, gathering dust. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't even be able to find it, to be honest. So, um, you know, I have, I have things, you know, sitting here that, you know, people have asked for me. Actually, I have I have a, a pair of goalkeeper gloves here for for actually uh, Neela the Fox. So I must have to still have to get them. He's been waiting on them probably for about two years. So, um, you know, it's, it's just it's just me. I'm, I'm the wife says I was any more laid back and fall over. So, um, you know, it's just uh, it's just kind of my nature, you know. Uh, I just don't like things being uh, too fancy or in your face, to be honest. But um, right. you know, if people ask, I'm more than happy to talk about it. But um, I'd rather just continue on with with life and and uh, you know, just uh, deal with what's happening now rather than the past. You know. Wow. Well, now, now, obviously, we have got to talk about the past, Mark. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of some of the managers you played under, uh, Dave Jones, yeah. Glenn Hoddle, and and you know, Mick McCarthy as well. We'll come on to, but. I mean, for example, Dave Jones and Glenn Hoddle, um, you know, they both had a lot of faith in you. You know, what was your relationship like with those? Um, Dave Jones was, was fantastic. And obviously I would be biased because he obviously, he was, he was the man that put me in and gave me that opportunity. Um, you know, and I think like we, we spoke about the last time, Dave wasn't, wasn't uh, as much of an on-the-training pitch kind of coach, but in terms of, of man management, I think Dave was, was, was superb. He knew how to... He knew how to flick the switch that got you got you wound up or, or got you ready for something. And at the same time, he knew... He knew whenever he had a, um, you know, tone it back a wee bit, you know. Um, yes. So, yeah, no, Dave was Dave was a, 
was 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 a really good man manager. And as for Glenn, you know, Glenn was a Glenn was a Glenn was a good uh, coach. Um, you know, um, this might be a bit controversial. I, I think he was a wee bit strange at times, but um, when it came to man management and some of the things that he said and did, but yes. as a coach, he was he was on a different level. Um, you know, and some of the things he used to say to you on the training pitch, and you know, it really did were really did hit home with what you were doing wrong or what you could do better. So, um, you know, in terms of a better coach, and I think Glenn Hoddle is is, is is really good. He's up there with the best of them. But as a man manager. I think Dave Jones was a uh, was probably the the best one that that I ever played along with, um, you know. But um, but yeah, that's that's probably between those two. That's that's the, probably the biggest the biggest difference. One was more of a of a hands on coach and a better coach, and the other one yes. was was a I think a better manager as such um, in terms of how he handled players and and got the best out of players. Now. You you missed the entirety of the the oh five oh six season through injury, um, and then oh six oh seven you you began the, the first three games I believe under Mick McCarthy. So once again he was more than prepared, not only just to give you a chance, but obviously you know he, he would have known a side before he got there, or when he was watching you guys train, he would have known which side to pick. And he had look, he had plenty of choice at the time. So once again he had a lot of faith in you. When when you're injured for a whole season, Mark, and, and subsequently I want to come on to the point of your retirement, um, with your injuries, how how I spoke about uh, this to Michael Kitely, and he struggled massively mentally when you're at the training ground yeah. and the other players are still training and playing, and, and, and you're trying to get back to fitness. How hard is that mentally on a player, to to, to a young player, to be out for so long? Yeah, I think it's I think it's more. You know, I retired. What? Um, probably. What is it coming up? Um, two thousand and six, two thousand five, two thousand six. You, you I think retired, I retired actually, Mark. You retired um, on the eighth of February, two thousand and seven, aged just twenty four, which is, you know, players aren't making a debut till sometimes twenty twenty one. So, for you to retire at yeah. twenty four, um, you know, how hard is it? It's, 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 it is hard, you know. I was, you know, I, I, whenever I talk about it, I tell people I was a wee bit more fortunate than most people because we kind of had quite a long period of time where we we, we kind of knew it was coming, and yes. you know, so you were you were trying to get your head around it, but at the same time, there was always that wee bit of hope, um, you know, that something would work. Um, but like, like you touched on before, I had, I had four years to go in my contract, and um, you know, and I, I, I could have just sat there, but I just couldn't uh, mentally. I couldn't have sat there like obviously, Michael Kiley's touched on, you know, that, that coming in every every day and, and seeing people training and um, you know doing things that you just basically you can do, but you know you're going to suffer for uh, later on. So um, you know, it's it was it was a difficult time, and you know, for the for this period that I had to get used to it um, you know even when I did eventually re- retire um, you know obviously I had other things to go and go and actually do but I still went through a, a spell probably for 68 months where um, you know every day was just you know what are you doing here like you know it was it was uh, the adjustment was just just something you, you just aren't used to um, yeah. and mentally it just it just um it actually does your head in to be honest you know you're still got you know that that desire and that want to go and do things but to be physically unable to do them is is, is the hardest thing um and then obviously the actual 
getting in the car and driving to the training ground and, and actually having that bit of banter in there. Um, you know, that's one of the hardest things to deal with. Obviously, we all play football. We love the game. Um, you know, and, and for, for us in that kind of era, it wasn't really the money issue that drove you to play. You drove for the... For the, for the love of the game and, and to, to, to have that taken away at such a young age it, it does it does affect you and when I went through through 68 months there where, where you know I was drinking stupidly I was doing things you shouldn't do and um, you know it was just uh, it was just a hard time you know and you know, you, you kind of lose people that you at the time where you know you you should be you should be looking after people, but you you, you just turn turn into something that you're not really. So, yeah. um, you know, it was a hard time for 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 myself, but also you know people that were that were obviously closest to me at that time felt the brunt of it. Um, I mean, Mark, you know, as well. So. You know, if you look at it right, you, like I said, you've played at Anfield, you've you've played at Man City, you've played at some huge stadiums. You you you've, you've you know, we'll, we'll come on to the the. the fact you've played for your country then all of a sudden you're told that you cannot play again and all of a sudden that adjustment process what do you do you find a job you know all of a sudden everything you've worked for is gone in terms of when you're a young man in the game as well you can't see the end if you're 21 22 you, you think you you know the next 20 years you're going to be playing at the top and then literally age 24 it's over. I mean, was you literally took into a room, Mark, and said, "You, you, you know, you, we can't, we can't fix this." Well, to be fair, it was actually, you know, in, in fairness, you know, we had the obviously the doc, uh, Matthew Perry, who uh, who's still yes. there um, at the club. Matt was, you know, Matt was a, a praying support for myself and my family at the time, you know, um, and so with Barry Holmes, um, you know, who was the physio there at the time. Obviously, Steve Kemp, who I think's obviously moved on now as well. He's went to to England. Yes, um, but. Um, you know those three especially were were fantastic at the time. You couldn't they couldn't do enough for you. Um, but it was actually Baz was with me. We were down in I think I came off at uh, just after half time of the third game under Mick, and um, I remember walking round the back of the of the actual. The, the goal with Baz and he says what do you think and I says Baz uh, that's me done and he says no no he says we're, we'll go and see such and such and we'll give this a try and I says Baz I know it's done mate I says we've done everything here because we'd already been um, to the guy in Bath who, who pretty much had been you know had been taking between 12 and 14 tablets a day for 18 months um, to try and obviously keep on top of um, you know what you what you were actually going through and, yeah. and you know that's that's the difficult part that people don't know these things and you know obviously you know most fans are passionate fans and you you bump into a couple and say when if, when the f are you fit again and stuff and you know they don't realise what's going on in the background you know and it's that's that's hard as well because you just want to do the best for people like but um, you just physically can't but you know that that was that was the time whenever I kind of knew in my head that it was coming to an end and it was pretty much done um, but we we persevered for another I think it was another six months to be honest with um, doing stuff and it just wasn't just wasn't getting any better so we decided to go down to the boy in Bath again who was a professor in rheumatology um, so we went down to see him again and basically he just spelled it out for us he says uh, he would tell us in, in two formats he says one if you were a client which is my which is Wolves who's my client you can keep playing he says we'll keep treating you but he says you know you won't you won't make it to, to 34 35 you might get another four or five years at the, at the most um, he says but 
um, he says, that's what, it, what we can offer you. He says, or I can tell you as if you're my son. And he says that if you do it, he says, you quite possibly could be in a wheelchair. So, wow. um, you know, whatever the people say to you in that kind of a black and white context, it's, it's not really a decision. And from that point, I think it was more of a, how do you get your head around this rather than, you know, uh, yeah. are we going to pack it in or are we going to try? But, um, you know, that's kind of a situation you put in. And if you're, like you say, you're 24 years of age, you just can't deal with that. Like. And, 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 you know, what, what was the actual extent? Of, what was the injury? Because we all, oh, you know, knee injury and all that. What, what was the, you know, the knee injury? What, what exactly was it and the extent of it, Mark? Well, you see, this is where this is where actually the whole the whole thing around my uh, my obviously retirement is, is is a bit vague, really. You know, everybody asks me, "How's the knees? How's the knees?" You know, it's actually it's not my knees that's it's, that is the actual. Well, they are part of the problem, but it's not the it's not the whole the whole reason I, I retired. I retired because I've got a form of arthritis. Um, you know, I've got what they call reactive arthritis. So basically, whenever I do any any physical activity now basically from from my waist down just uh, just goes like a bloom basically so um you know that swells up beyond the point where you know you, you actually you know i go and have a kick about here with a couple of lads and and you know you come home and you think why did i do this like you know you end up going yeah. up the stairs on your on your backside pushing yourself up oh. so you know that's that's kind of the reaction that you get from it but you know why you were taking those medications you know they were they were keeping that down they were keeping on top of that but once you stop it it's it's um it uh, doesn't uh, it doesn't show you any sympathy. Let's put it that way. No, it doesn't. And to be honest, Mark, it, you know, I don't. You know, yes, it's great to be a footballer and etc. And all the trappings of it, whatever. I mean, you, you know, like by your own admission, you wasn't getting paid thousands and thousands. But you know, your health is much more important than another five years in the game. And and to be told that you might never walk. I mean, you know, you might be in a wheelchair. Sorry, and, and you know, to be told that must be so frightening as well. Yeah, well, not not so much frightening because it was never going to be a it was never going to be a decision that we took. Um, yes. You know, I think me and me and Baz walked into that room that day and just went pub and we had, yeah, um, and <laughs> you know that was kind of that was kind of the you know we kind of both knew um, that was the that was the end basically. So wow. you know, so um, that was kind of our way of. Uh, of dealing with it, you know, and um, you know, we just, we just, we just decided that you know, the, your health is the most important thing, no matter what people say to you. You know, we've, you know, we we've been fortunate enough that uh, we've we've had a, had a good career, not the best, and as long as what it possibly could be. But you know, I've done things in football that people only dream of and never get the opportunity. So I have to be thankful. But yes. at the same point, you know, it, it could have been a lot longer. It could have been a lot better. You could have earned a lot of money and and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you can have all these things, but your health is the only thing really at the end of the day that makes you happy. Um, so that's as far as I'm concerned. That's that's basically what, what what I say to people is that you know I'm I'm still able to go out and have a laugh and, and yeah. tell stories, you know, which is which is more important than anything else. Flipping it, I feel bad now asking you to play for the Wolves All Stars before when because you've obviously <laughs> you've obviously played for us. That was actually that was actually you know. You know, whenever you, because obviously I, uh, obviously you're aware, I tried to go and, and help a mate out at Worcester City and yes. play a few games for them. And you know, at the time, whenever you first started, I hadn't kicked the ball for three years, and then you do a wee bit and you think, 
this is okay. I, I'm not getting any pains here. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing's swelling, and you get excited, and then you you play a few few games, and still nothing's happening. You think, "Jeez, this is this is gone." And I think somebody somebody in the in the Express and Star. I'm not sure if it was Nashi or who it was, but somebody in the Express and Star said that the, my, the headline was Clyde's making a comeback. And I'm thinking to myself, "No, no, it's, it's definitely not a comeback." But you know, just to see it, I thought, you know, it puts wee thoughts in your head of actually, could I come back here? Yeah. Um, but you know, you get six months down the line, and you start feeling those wee niggles coming back again. You think, oh no, maybe it's just a wee niggle. I'm doing too much, and but now within, I think within the within the first twelve months of, of doing it, and you know, I wasn't really training, and I wasn't really you know playing week every single week, and uh, you know after a, after about twelve months, the whole the whole thing just uh, flared up back to square one again, and you said yourself, right. Uh, that's the body telling me I'm, uh, I'm getting carried away with myself here. So, um, you know, that was the that was the end of that, really. Um, yeah. But yes, even now going for a kickabout with the with the lads around here for a laugh, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, you you, you definitely do uh, you definitely do suffer um, whenever you whenever you stop now. And it, it's it's just not worth it. Now, I mean, we we talk about you retiring as early as you did. You're still only thirty seven now, so the reality is you can actually probably still be playing at, at, at a certain level. But still only thirty seven now. And for all the listeners, what is it you actually do now, Mark? Oh, most people probably tell you I look a bit I look a bit fifty just to be honest. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I am actually I'm actually thirty seven. But yeah, I'm you know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm actually just recently in the last couple of weeks there. Uh, been moved up to the sales manager for a for a local firm now in in, in uh, my hometown here back in Brilliant. Northern Ireland. So um, you know things things aren't always as bad. You can always uh, take the positives and, and move on, yes. and you know get yourself get yourself doing something again that you, you you like, which is which is what I'm doing now. Brilliant, and um, you know, like I said, back in Northern Ireland, one thing we haven't touched upon yet because I did obviously want to finish on a positive. Um, Five under-21 Northern Ireland caps. You also represented your country at under-18 level and under-20 level. Three full Northern Ireland caps. You made your debut on the 8th of the 9th, 2004 versus Wales in a two-all draw. And if I remember right, that was on telly at the Millennium Stadium. Yeah, correct. It was, yes. I remember watching that, Mark. And I was watching on with with pride, being a Wolves supporter. I mean... So the question is really, it's twofold. The first question is how proud uh, are you to have represented your country? And secondly, and I think I might know the answer, I hope you've still got the caps. <laughs> I do actually have them, but I'm not sure where they are, but they are around the house somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I think the actual caps are, like the cap is, I don't think maybe... Uh, my dad has most of my football stuff. He kind of like has a has a wee shrine up at the house. Good. Um, um, but I'm glad he does. Um, yeah, well, you know, he's better off. He's better off having them anyway because I I don't want to put them somewhere and lose them. So, um, <laughs> you know, my dad has the has most of my football memorabilia. Um, uh, but my cap is my cap is actually downstairs. It was it's framed downstairs, but it's not up. It's it's in the garage. So, um, <laughs> that you know, doesn't surprise me, mate. 
that's 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 where the cap is, and and uh, as for representing your country, it's you know what what can you really say, Jace? You know, it's probably my uh, my pride of playing for my country is probably the, the same as yourself pulling on the wool shirt and mauling you for for yeah. Judy's testimonial. You know, it's it's something you always dream of doing, and to actually physically be able to go and do it, it's you know, it's, it's there's no words to describe it. It's it's brilliant, you know, to stand there with your. You know, with your with your country, and and you know, obviously go out and try and try and do your best for them is is, wow. is, is fantastic. It's it's there's just no words to put it into, um, you know, context really of what you feel actually, and and I think it's more after the game finishes. You know, whenever you're sitting in the dressing room after the game's over, um, and that was quite an explosive game. I think if you remember right, um, it's only then really after the game where you sit back and go, you know what, I, I've just done this, like so. Um, yeah, it's a it's a phenomenal feeling to actually to go out there and, and represent your country. It really is. Oh wow! Once again, you know, your you family as well. It must be such a such a proud moment for them to watch their son in the green of Northern Ireland. Yeah, well, like I say, my, my dad was my dad was a big big supporter of, of, of all us boys playing football. You know, my, my other brothers weren't weren't no mugs uh, when it came to playing football either. So, um, you know the my dad was always a, a big supporter and then obviously whenever my brothers gave up their, their careers obviously they also followed me so you always had your, your, your family um, you know coming to games and supporting you and it was it was just uh, it was just nice to actually be able to go and, and do it in the, in the green of Northern Ireland as well like you know because um, you know we, we've been uh, getting a wee bit of success recently as well yeah. so it's, it's everybody's now asking more and more questions about Northern Ireland and what was it like so it's it's it does bring back nice memories as well to actually you know whenever people to be asking about it now but um, I'm just hoping they can they can win tomorrow night yes you know so we can uh, we can have ourselves another wee party you know <laughs> that's it that's it a lockdown party um, so <laughs> so as well I remember when you played for the All Stars I remember you come in the dressing room they're all going bones bones <laughs> bones who, who the hell's bones what's this nickname so you had the nickname bones and I've never asked you. Uh, where where does that where's that come from? I well, you you were probably looking at me going, why why are they calling you Bones? Because I put on a wee bit of weight since all the time. Well, they cross No, that there uh, that nickname stems from whenever I was a, a young boy, actually back here in Northern Ireland, growing up. You know, I was what they call skin and bones. So, um, you know, obviously that just stuck, and obviously going over to. Two wolves at the time with a lot of the Irish lads that were that were you know obviously we knew through the through the youth teams over here and then obviously playing in the, in with them obviously everybody over there kind of picked up the the nickname as well and it just just kind of stuck um, to the point where even a lot of people now just uh, you know just call me Bones and that's you know, I think more people call me Bones than they do Mark so um, you know that's kind of just something that just sticks with you I think nicknames over here are, are a lot more popular I think people would rather call you a nickname than by your real name you know um so so yeah it's just kind of stuck with me since i was i think probably around 11 or 12 just to be honest oh wow wow and then mark you know i I know once again it's probably been a little bit difficult for you today because you know i didn't know that that you know some of the stories that you've told me today especially and, and and how it all ended but if if there's one abiding memory from your whole career whether it be wolves northern ireland or whatever if there's one abiding memory that you can look back on and it actually does bring a smile to your face what is it 
Oh, it has to be that. It has to be either the the, your, the debut that I made for Wolves. Um, you know, the debut I made for Wolves and the debut I made for Northern Ireland would be would be hard to push. But as a as a whole experience, I think the playoff final, even though I wasn't wasn't involved in the in the team that day, but that whole experience was was just just phenomenal. Um, you know, just the whole day and, and the whole build up to it really the I think the the Wolves fans, you know, even on the way on the bus to the ground were you know, the, the, the noise and just the sea of orange you see everywhere and then the noise in the in the actual in the actual millennium uh, uh stadium whenever we, we actually won. Uh, it was just it was just uh, something you just can't describe it. You know, we we've been uh we've been fortunate obviously with, with Northern Ireland to go away and experience some away trips with them and uh, you know the fans are, are unbelievable but that day in, in, in Cardiff was just something something you'll never ever forget it was a, it was an unbelievable day and that's that's probably the one experience that I think anybody uh, you know who supports Wolves over the last over the last 30 odd years that's, yeah. that's always a fond memory that everybody talks about was that day in, in Cardiff really yeah I agree wholeheartedly that was that was what as a boss and one of my favourite days but what I'd like to say is, Mark, thank you so much for, for obviously agreeing to do the interview today. Thank you so much, obviously, for your time, for being so honest and candid. And, and you know, thank you for representing our club with, with pride and with honour, which you did, making over 50 appearances, always giving your best. And, you know, like I said, representing our great club. We really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to get you back on the Wolf Whistle podcast soon. Yeah, no problem, Just Pleasure anytime at all. Brilliant. Now, uh, yeah, go go and get all them shirts out now, mate. Get them in a the frame and get them on the wall. <laughs> oh, cheers, Mark. Thanks, cheers. Thank you.